and how he's created me. So this week, as I was preparing, I sent out a poll uh, to everybody. And the question that I asked was, do you currently or have you ever had the desire to be somebody important slash do important things? And I said, whatever your definition of important is. And I just wanted to test this theory and see if I was the only one who had that desire or was it other people? And we had eight responses and seven was yes and one was no. So that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> it made me realize it wasn't just me that had this desire to be somebody or to do something important. And it led me to this question is like, is that desire wrong? And um, so we're gonna look at the word of God and we're gonna see is it wrong to have desires to begin with, but even the desire to be somebody and to do something important. So we've been journeying with King David. <laughs> During Bible study, we thought we were finally out of 2 Samuel, but no, we were back in it. But this should be our last time in 2 Samuel. So we're nearing the end of David's life, and we have seen just this incredible journey that he has been on. Um, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, but and he was even able to keep the throne, which, you know, David's only the second king. But so far, one king has been dethroned because God no longer wanted him there. So, you know, one out of two ain't bad to be able to keep the throne. But God even takes that promise farther and saying that he's going to establish earthly kingship through David's line. So not only did David make it to the end, now his whole like lineage is going to be um, on the throne. So we're going to look at 2 Samuel 23, verse 5. This is what stood out to me as I was studying this week. So these are the words of David, and he's saying, Is it not true my house is with God? For he has established a permanent covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? So when we are reading the Bible, when we study scripture, one of the things that helps us do that well is to understand that there are different literary genres. And to understand this in the context of how David used it, we have to understand that the literary genre used here was a salvation oracle. And what that means is that David was giving a prophetic announcement of Yahweh's, so Yahweh being God, God's intent and power to save, redeem, and restore Israel, Judah, and the world. So David was making this great statement for him, but maybe he didn't even realize the vastness of what he was saying about God and what God did through him. And what we're seeing is that David is expressing his confidence in God. He starts off by saying, will he not bring about my, every, my whole salvation and my every desire? And in the, I'll go back to this, in this scripture, he uses the word in one context or another, whole, he uses the word whole, which in the Hebrew is kol, he uses it three times. So in just this short little statement, he is talking about the wholeness of God. And David knows that God keeps the fullness of his promises. That's what he is saying in this scripture. 
So I don't know about you, but I have broken promises. <laughs> I've had people break promises to me. Um, as much as I try to be a good friend, a good wife, a good mom, I mess up sometimes. But again, what David is saying here is that he trusts God solely, wholly, to be who God said that he was as he revealed himself to David. He trusts him to even continue this into the future. So David is going to be leaving the earth. What was the, what was the way it was said? He was going the way of the world. What was it, Evan? He's going the way of all the things of the world. He knows his life is finite. He is done. But he's trusting God to the future. And he knows that God will fulfill everything he said. So when we look at the word whole salvation, this actually means preserving from harm or unpleasantness and a deliverance. So he is saying, I trust God with everything to deliver me from anything that I'm experiencing. And when he says, and every desire, he's talking about a delight or pleasure. And it's not anybody on the earth that's going to bring this about for him. He's not expecting humanity to deliver him or to fulfill every desire. He's saying it's God that will bring this about. And when we look at the Hebrew of that, it means to prosper or sprout. Um, this week, I was, I don't know, TikTok or Facebook, on social media, one of them, and a post came up about bamboo. And it talked about how bamboo actually grows in the ground. I wish I had written this down because I'm going to remember, or I'm not going to remember exactly, but it like, grows underground for like years. But then it like shoots up in days. And so they were saying like, it seems like nothing is happening. Maybe prosperity isn't coming, or the sprout of the bamboo stick isn't, like, it's not going to work. And then all of a sudden, one day, it just comes right up. And of course, we celebrate when things come about. We celebrate when it sprouts up and prospers. But we also have to remember, like, things are going on as we're waiting for things to come about. And David, even him using this language, understands, again, God's promises are coming, whole salvation and every desire, but he understands that sometimes it seems like God's not doing something, and then boom, all of a sudden, it comes about for him. So why does David have this confidence of whole salvation and every desire? And we see in the verses above the one that we're looking at tonight, David says, like, I ran, or I ruled justly. Now, did David do that all the time? No, there were some mistakes he made. But he said, I pursued right living. I pursued the work that God has given me to do um, with a right, upstanding heart, is language that he uses as well. And he said, because I have done this, I can trust that God is going to take care of my whole salvation and my every desire. So David pursued right living, which another way that we sometimes see that in scripture is righteousness. So he was a righteous man. And because of that, God made a covenant with him, is what David says. So if we look in Hebrews 8, 6, we also see that God has made a covenant with us. And it says, but Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been established on better promises. 
So for us, it's kind of like the other way around. It seems like God chose to make a covenant with David because he was righteous. But for us, it was Jesus who came and he made the first, not attempt, but he took the first steps to make a covenant with us so that we could be righteous, so that we could have right living. And what we see too is, again, David believed in God for the future. And what do we see in scripture? We do see that God fulfilled his promise all the way from David, all the way to Jesus. God keeps his promises. And in Jesus, um, David was a great man. We see other great men and women in the Bible. But of course, we see none that compare to Jesus. And what we see in Jesus is God in the flesh, God incarnate, God come to be with us. And the promise that God made to David was that one of his sons, or a man in his lineage, would always sit on the throne. And again, we see that all the way from David all the way through to Jesus. And then the line could end because it was finally completely whole. The promise that God gave, that he would give us a whole salvation and give us every desire. So in Jesus, we have the great high priestly king. So he could perform two roles. I mean, he performed many roles, but David was king, but not priest. And there was priest, but not king. But finally, there was a man, because he was fully God and fully man, that could, that could do both of those roles. And we find that in Jesus. So if whole salvation and every desire was part of God's covenant with David, and the scripture we just read said that Jesus came to give us even better promises, how much is that still a part of our covenant relationship with God, that he will give us whole salvation and every desire, but even in like a better, more significant way. Like we can, if David could trust God, we can trust God. We can trust God in greater ways because of who Jesus is and what he did for us. There are better promises for us as followers of Jesus. David journeyed with God. Again, we talked about earlier, he made some mistakes, but as he journeyed with God, he grew. And he did that, and as he grew, he grew in right living. And the same is true for us, right? When we first come into relationship with Jesus, this idea of right living may not even part of, be part of our vocabulary. <laughs> you know, we may think of, um, yeah, who we were before we became this new creation in Christ. That's what the word tells us. But as we journey with God, we begin to recognize um, who God is in a deeper way that transforms us. And it also, and I, I want to get this right the way I said it, we begin to recognize the desires that are forever versus the desires that are temporary. So we've had desires before beginning a relationship with Jesus. Those don't go away, but as we journey with him, we can see the ones that, again, are forever versus those that are temporary. And it's not that we should only care about the ones that are promises for forever, but those should be our priority, the desires that lead to the things that will last forever versus the desires of the things that are temporary and won't matter forever. In 2 Corinthians 14, it says, Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. 
for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So in the new covenant, in God's kingdom now, this idea of salvation, we are, we are always being saved. It's not this like one-time thing that happens and then we just live the rest of our lives. We are constantly being saved as we say yes to relationship with Jesus. And there are hardships, but God is delivering us from those hardships as we journey with Jesus and his salvation. So I also sent out a text this week and I just asked, I put out the question, I said, what, are thing, what is the word temporary? mean to you and not surprisingly a lot of the things that came back I would categorize as hardships so I'm just going to read some of those so difficult situations being sad feelings suffering the enemy and how he attacks us heartbreak inflation the war in Russia specifically but then wars in general um, it was interesting. Nobody said COVID. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Like, we're hopeful that we're finally on the other side of it. But, you know, if, we, if I had asked this like six months ago, right, COVID would definitely be one of those hardships that came up. So those are things that we experience. But hardship also can come down to our sin and the sin of others. So when we think of wars or we think of other things that have like tangible effects on us, often those things are driven by our sin or sin that people have put onto us. But what um, David is saying back in 2 Samuel, what the writers in the New Testament are saying is that we need to persevere. Hardships are coming, and I don't know where along the way, but... I think I had a season in my relationship with God that I thought if God was real, I would not suffer. But, and I think it was a version of the prosperity gospel, maybe not like health and wealth, like everything would be amazing. But somewhere along the way, yeah, definitely I began to think life should just be easy. And we've even talked about abundant life here tonight. And I do believe that Jesus came to give us abundant life. But it's often what he is doing through our hardships, not necessarily that he takes them away completely. So we're called to persevere. Salvation is forever. And those desires being fulfilled, that can be and set us up and lead us into forever. But God's warning is don't trade what is forever for what is temporary. And we even see that in the life of David. There were some things that the consequences of giving into a temporary desire, they even had eternal consequences. And what God is saying, I have, I see your desires, I even give them to you, but don't trade the desires that are temporary for the ones that are gonna last forever. So David's confidence for whole salvation and every desire coming to pass is because he was living right in God. He had a good relationship with God. So if we are also living right in God, we can have the same confidence that God is going to give us whole salvation and fulfill our every desire. So I just want us to take a moment 
and consider. I have two questions that I'm gonna throw out. The first one is, are you currently focusing on the outer person, like we read in Hebrews? The hardships, the things that are temporary, is that your focus? The outer stuff, the, the hardships that are temporary? Or are you focusing on the inner person? And it said that the inner person is being renewed day by day. And this is going to keep going until forever, for eternity. So what is your focus? And what's interesting is that David allowed God to be his deliverer. And we see that, again, he did that. He gave that promise all the way through to Jesus, who is the ultimate deliverer for us. He took the cross for our sin. He delivered us from death, hell, sin, and the grave. And that is everything, but it's just like, in a way, the beginning of so much more for us in this life and in the life to come. But among, amongst desires being met, we will still have hardship. But it's in surrendering those hardships to God that we will begin to see him doing really great things. So is it wrong to desire? No. Is it even wrong to desire to be somebody and to do great things? I don't think so. We see David, he did amazing things for, for God's kingdom. And he was honored and blessed for it. It brought him his whole salvation and every desire being fulfilled. And to be human is to desire. I think we can all agree with that, right? But I think what can happen is when that gets twisted. And so my call for today is to let our focus be on the right living, pursuing our relationship with God, work on pleasing him. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament calls that working out our salvation, and let God be the one who brings about our desires. Because I think sometimes we're so focused on our desires being met, we put those at the top, the most important thing, and we put our relationship with God secondary. But if we want full wholeness, the all of everything that God has for us, it has to be the other way around. We have to pursue God and let him worry about fulfilling every desire that he's given us. Would you join me in prayer? Yeah, God, I, I, I just want to read the, the questions again. Are we focusing on the outer person, the temporary stuff, even the hardships that come along with that? Or are we focused on the inner person, our soul, the thing that is being renewed day by day and that will last us forever? God, are we worried more about our desires being fulfilled or a relationship with you? God, I know that you are good, that you are trustworthy, and that even when we get those things mixed up, you love us anyway that your grace is still at work in our life, helping us to get that order correct. 
And so today I just want to give that to you. God, I want to give you our desires. I want to give you our dreams. I want to give you our plans. Entrusting them to you and trusting that they are coming from you. And of course, we want to be somebody. We want to do important things. But God, I, I pray that if this is even a heart check tonight, that that we would submit that to you, that we would, through your grace, realign to your heart, which is righteousness. It is living in you and with you and for you and through you. And again, letting the desires, the dreams, the plans that we have come out of that relationship. Forgive us for when it has been the other way around. And what I love about the way that you convict is it's not um, shameful. It's not that if we had things the wrong way, that when we get things twisted up, that we're disqualified somehow. But that you just, you help us repent. You help us turn back and, and live the right way. Jesus, thank you for being the great priestly king. For being the one that sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on our behalf and, and really just partners with us in ministry and, and to see just you do great things here. We do want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We talk and we pray about revival and renewal and all these things, but God, it has to happen in us individually first. We'll send off with the benediction as we always do to go out and be ambassadors for Christ, but we can't do that if we're not in you. And so I re-consecrate myself for you today. And I pray that as we allow your grace to come in and, and move and work in our lives, that we'll see you do things that we can say only by the grace of God, only by the power of God, and only for the glory of God that things are being done. And God, no matter how important we may become in earthly standards, um, God, help us to always understand that you are the most important. And even as we do really great things for you on this side of eternity, God, may they only be signposts that point to you and how awesome you are and how much you mean to us, how much you've changed our lives, how much you love us, how much you want to do that for every person here in Boston and America, North America, and around the world. God, I pray that we will trust you not just for our temporary desires, but for the desires that, that matter for forever, for eternity. We love you. We love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. Well, we're going to transition, and Haven and Evan are going to come and lead us in a couple of songs as we finish up today.
standing on every promise that you make i will see it come to pass in your name in your name jesus i will trust every word i hear you say i will see it come to pass in your name in your you 
I will sing of the goodness of God. 